Dear Postgrad Jesu, follow love, follow inspiration. Welcome back to Dear Postgrad Getting Grounded Communities podcast. This is Joyce, one of your Getting Grounded collaborators. And today we have Jessica Sue, also known as Jay Sue, with us. She is a dancer, a freelancer, and her pronouns are she, her, and hers. And so are mine. Everybody, welcome, Jay Sue. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Jay Sue. How are you today? Hi, doing doing okay. Doing good. Doing well. In this moment, how are you feeling in one word? Peaceful. Nice. That's good. <laughs> That's good to hear with everything happening. You know, you're able to find that peace from within. I'm currently feeling very alive in a sense of there's a lot of emotions going up and down, but like I'm still like being present with the emotions instead of just being like, oh, I'm sad. I'm going to try and not be sad. I'm just like, oh, I'm sad. I can be sad. And just like doing that has made me feel alive being present with myself. Every time I get one of those questions in any settings, I guess, I'm like, man, so many words do come to my mind. But I think in terms of where I'm at in life and just with myself, I am peaceful, but there is a lot going on. And I think in that sense, it's completely opposite, but Mm -hmm. in my own mental state, I think I'm peaceful at the moment. (laughs) Yeah, I share that too. Like, I feel like externally, the world as a whole is going through a lot, but individually, I'm doing pretty good. It's kind of like a mix of both. I feel like it's always going to be that, so that's completely great. (laughs) We also would like to take this chance to do our acknowledgement and celebrations. We like to ask like during our meetings for getting grounded, just one acknowledgement that you'd like to give yourself for this week and also something that you want to celebrate from this past week. An acknowledgement and a celebration. Hmm. I could go first too, if you want. For this week, I would like to acknowledge myself for... Stepping out of my comfort zone, going to different interviews. I'm looking for a new job right now. So just doing that whole process. And I would like to celebrate just spending time with my partner. You know, it's been a while since we haven't seen each other. So it's been really nice to kind of reconnect and just spend some quality time with each other. Nice. (laughs) I'd like to acknowledge my hard work towards my paintings that I've been doing. Um, I have a couple commissions right now and it's been tough emotionally and mentally, oh, and physically to try to get up and to finish these commissions. Is that an acknowledgement? To Yeah. Finally got to it and we're doing it. And I guess that goes into my celebration that they're turning out great in my eyes. And I'm like super excited to kind of get these works to the people who who commissioned me for them and I'm I'm super woohoo 
<laughs> yeah, I think that's super cool. Like with doing the commissions for other people, do you find that it's kind of hard to feel complete? Is there ever a chance where you're like, oh, I don't know if this is exactly how I want it to be? Of course, most definitely. And I think that's going to be anything. And I'm pretty sure I'll talk about this multiple times in this session. But like, I feel like there's always this, oh man, is this really what they're asking for? Is this really going to kind of bring their vision to life or mine and theirs together? Like, is it really going to fulfill their wishes? But I think the people who have reached out to me so far, I think they understand that as an artist, I go through a lot mentally and emotionally and they're willing to accept whatever that is the result. And they're more mm -hmm. so wanting to support me as an artist and support what I have to give and create. And I would like to think that they're going to be happy no matter how it does come out. But of course, you know, I'm like, no, it got, it has to be. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's important to just celebrate even just the process and the journey to get to the finished product, even though, you know, it is hard sometimes, like when you finish something, you're like, oh, I could, this could be a little tiny bit better, but that feeling of like, this is, this is good for like what it is right now. It's always, at some point I'm like, okay, I think I'm done. Like this is, this is it. And then I see like one part of it. I'm like, should I tweak it? Should I tweak it? <laughs> <laughs> like I start to like grab my paintbrush or if it's like with my earrings or dance even, like I'm just like, should I take it? <laughs> I just got to step back and be like, no, I think this is great for what, you know, I envisioned. And I think mm -hmm. I'm going to keep going on forever. If I keep thinking I need to tweak it, I need to tweak it. <laughs> That's true. For our listeners who don't know, me and Jaysu met during our time at UC Riverside. And we've been like pretty good friends um, after that, like hanging out and catching up whenever we can. But did you want to share with our listeners kind of what happened after leaving Riverside because you're I believe a year older than me right? I was supposed to graduate 2017 okay then two I never graduated UCR officially <laughs> yeah so I have to go back I'm actually going back this upcoming fall quarter I think I'm supposed to register for my classes actually like tomorrow or the day after but since 2017 till now I guess I've just been dancing and finding my way, navigating through what I feel like was supposed to be, I guess, post-grad. Because I honestly didn't know if I was going to go back to UCR. I mean, I had the desire to finish out because I did four years. And I was like, I paid all this tuition money. Of course, I should be you know, putting it to use and, you know, finishing it out when it wasn't even that many classes left. But since my dance career did start taking off during that time... There was a lot of opportunities that came up that I just could not pass up. I was finally going to experience, or what I thought, like going to experience my dreams, like small dreams, but still like I was like, you know, I got to go for it. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think that the years since then has just been pursuing that and finding ways, of course, to financially support myself while doing that without a degree. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's something that I recognize you for. Like personally, for me, I didn't really know what to do after graduating college. You just kind of taking that and like pausing that part and just going after your dreams and like, you know, your dance career taking off. The fact that you were able to like, you know what, I'm just gonna leave this off and do what I have to do. Because in that moment, you felt that 
that's like what was the best right and so that just takes a lot of courage and bravery for you to do during that time when you were trying to navigate through like finishing school or going after this new opportunity were there some like significant and pivotal moments that made you like okay this is what I want to do well right after leaving UPR it wasn't really a pivotal moment but it was like a pivotal period there's like I think these are more pivotal periods of my life well there's like many moments in these pivotal periods I guess but the first one would be when I decided to go to 220 right after 909 and pursue a different dance journey within the collegiate teams and I was commuting to 220, which is located in San Diego. And I live in Arcadia, which is about a two and a half hour drive, no traffic. <laughs> no, no traffic. traffic. <laughs> I guess I was like the first pivotal period since post-grad because, you know, people say that I was very courageous or brave, but honestly, I didn't even think about that. Like, to me, it wasn't even something like that I felt like I need to build up that courage for. I just did it because I think that's just the way my brain's kind of wired. Like, I don't think about consequences sometimes, which is bad. <laughs> so I think <laughs> when people call me courageous, I'm like, don't give me that much credit. Like, really don't, because <laughs> I just really just did it. I wanted to. And it was in ways impulsive, but, you know, it does lead to great things. That was the first kind of pivotal period. And in that period, I remember times that we would have, like, quote, like, hell weeks, not really, but like just practices every day. And I think the directors or, you know, my, my team members, you know, they're like, we know you come from a far place and you have work. So if you need to, you can leave. But I was like, no, like I'm, I'm here to be fully present. Like I want to be a full team member as much as I can. So I stayed till the end of practices, you know, sometimes they would go to 2, 3 a.m. More rarely, but sometimes, right? And I would have to drive back up go to sleep to prepare for a morning shift at 7 a.m. the next day. Those are the pivotal moments where I was like, man, what am I doing? Why am I putting myself through this kind of chaotic schedule? Mm -hmm. I'm playing with my physical health and my emotion, my mental state, everything. I was like, why am I doing this? But I think it just solidified just how much I cared for dance and solidified that I really wanted to do that no regrets. It was awesome. That in itself was its own experience. I had a great time for that year. And then the following year, I was debating if I wanted to continue 220. But part of me really, really wanted to, and part of me still really, really wanted to delve into the whole LA industry. Quote unquote. I think at the time, I really was interested in dancing with musical artists or being in commercials, kind of seeing the behind the scenes of all that whole scene get into in the entertainment industry, I guess. And I got signed with an agency called Block. They're based in LA. And I was like, oh, should I do the agency as well as 220, which is in San Diego? And I was like, you know, really down for it. LA to SD and then you're in Arcadia. Like, (laughs) oh my goodness. I think I just was really ambitious and I wanted to do everything all at once. Part of me felt like I wasn't done with this whole collegiate team situation I wasn't ready to give that up yet because it was such a big part of my life but part of me was like this is something I always want to do I don't want to wait any longer so that's why I went with the agency literally 
I last minute, kind of, sorry to 20, I did makeup auditions for them for the following season. And I told them though, I was like, I'm still not sure if I want to go through with it. I think like maybe the day or two before they released the roster, I told them I was like, I don't think I can. And I, they totally understood, which is like why I love them so much. So I pursued the LA industry for that. It wasn't even a year, honestly. It was kind of like, I want to say like six, seven months. And I was still working at the time. So I didn't get to fully commit to my auditions. We were understaffed at where I was working. I was like doing this like barista management type of cashier cafe. Mm -hmm. All jobs in one. (laughs) I was there for while I was pursuing the whole LA industry stuff. Couldn't fully commit, but I was able to get one job, (laughs) just one. (laughs) And it was with a huge name, which is Gucci. That was like such an interesting experience because it really did come out of nowhere. And it just like timeline just kind of fit. Like I was able to go to the audition. They somehow liked me for whatever the role was. And I just got to see a little glimpse of the behind the scenes and what really goes on. And I was like, I don't know. I think the whole time I always thought that these big companies, employers, brands that employ dancers, that they were so official and so like, it's so bougie or whatever. But it really wasn't. Like it was like in, you know, in the Universal Studios back lot. And it was just like these, you know, they're cool people though, regardless. And they were just like doing their thing. And I was like, wow, Mm. these big names, big brands, companies that I'm dying to work with. They're just like a team of just like real people. I mean, I don't know them as human beings, you know, but like they just Mm -hmm. seem very relaxed. It wasn't as much of this huge, big thing that I made it out to be in my own head. That kind of just made it clear to me that I was just making up stuff in my head that I was just like thinking these things or these companies, brands, people are so untouchable and they're just on this like pedestal. And I was just like, what am I thinking? Like, I just got to like dismantle that in my own head for real quick because I think I was putting such a big pressure on myself to work with big stuff, big, mm-hmm. that like, you know, it felt like I could never reach it. But when I did finally get to experience that, yeah, it was just, what was I thinking? That's another pivotal time because I think that really opened my eyes to see the industry in a different way. Just, I guess, that glimpse. It's really not as crazy of a pressure that I give myself or put on mm-hmm. myself. I think these are like just pivotal moments of just like realization within myself. Yeah. After that, I actually terminated my contract with Block because I got an opportunity to live in Shanghai and teach. And now this, I think, is the most pivotal period besides what is this quarantine right now, I guess. <laughs> pivotal period of my life so far. So my boyfriend and I decided to moved out to Shanghai for, it was originally just supposed to be six months, right? And we were going to teach at the studio, which has multiple locations within Shanghai and neighboring cities in China, many times a week. I think at one point I was teaching six to seven classes a week, almost every day. But there were months where outside studios would hear me that being in China and they would ask me to come and teach for their studios as well. So I was teaching like almost... 30 classes a month. I don't know, but it was so intense. And there was a lot of traveling in between as well. And because there's travel time, they have to stack my classes within a day, like multiple classes a day as well. It was a busy time. I was, you know, exhausting myself, but 
I was so happy. I was tired. I was burnt out, but I was so happy to feel like I was doing something that I really, really loved. I was full time just pouring myself into dance and pouring myself into teaching and sharing and creating. And it was just bliss. Like I could just roam around in the city. I didn't know Shanghai too well at the time. So I could just really just live my life and eat good food and meet cool people and do what I love to do and with someone I love. So it was just like everything I ever imagined. <laughs> I ended up extending it all the way into the end of 2019, actually. I came back for like a little break, but then I returned. The majority of 2019 was me living overseas, away from everything I knew here. In Shanghai, they don't really have Instagram, Facebook. Our socials here, they have their own set of platforms in their own companies and stuff. So, you know, you have to use VPN to access uh, mm -hmm. everything back here. And I was trying to stay updated and kind of feel like I could still connect with my circles and my smaller community. But it was hard because the VPN's got to load and you got to have the right internet. And it, like at some point I was like, that's not even worth it. I don't want to check anymore. Like, I was just like so over it. So I felt super disconnected from here. But in its own way, I felt kind of like a burden was lifted off because I didn't feel that kind of pressure that I felt when I was back here teaching and doing the same thing. I'm pretty sure that I was just putting that kind of pressure on myself, but you can't help it sometimes with social media here, like seeing your friends do things, seeing other, your peers do things, and you're like, wow, like they're doing, putting in so much work, like I should be too. And I think that's something we're definitely going through in quarantine right now, but That's why it's so cool. Like during that time, I didn't have to think about that kind of stuff because I, I couldn't because I didn't want to do with my like, you know, so I just really connect and I really got to just focus on myself and what I wanted to do and what I wanted to share. And it was awesome. And then quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> and then 2020 happened. <laughs> it was so eye opening. It was great. And I, I just want to go back already. But <laughs> Quarantine in itself has been a very pivotal period as well. And I, I won't go into that as much, I guess, but <laughs> yeah, I, it was still necessary, like this kind of disconnect, but being present in that setting, mm -hmm. it's a different type of disconnect. It's been really interesting to compare the two from last year to this year because they're essentially kind of the same thing, but they're not. And it's interesting to see that kind of dynamic and how my emotions in my art have kind of accepted that and mm. I've kind of like followed your journey through like what you shared before but it's like you took like a turn at every turn that you could yeah you were just like skirting everywhere <laughs> and then you ended up in China and you like ended up prolonging your trip I'm just very like inspired and just wow like Somebody could just feel so like, you know what, I'm just gonna do this because this feels right, whatever. And it, it's led you to like, what you have now. And I think that having that like, I wouldn't say impulsiveness, because that kind of like sounds negative. But it's not a bad thing. You know, just the fact that you're able to just get up and go is amazing. And I feel like with that, as well like there are some challenges that come with it too right like i'm sure that when you're in that point when you're trying to make these decisions like pivotal decisions like what kind of goes through your head how do you get to the other side like 
is there something that goes through your mind that you're like, okay, like this feels good or I'm going to just try this out? Or are you just like, you know what, whatever, like, let's just do it. This is kind of a little tangent, but I did a program called The Drop with Gen Series a couple weeks, three weeks ago. I'm not sure, but it was like a two week intensive with like 12 students. And in that program, we have to create like this little like motto or like something that was just like, he has a cute little thing to kind of compare all the groups and different choreographers to each other and see like what we came up with. And we were like, we don't really know what to do. We're all kind of shy. So we were just like, we didn't know. But then we ended up actually coming across this statement that I am now, I'm, I live by it. Like, it's just so <laughs> a moment and so random of like how it came to fruition, I guess. But it's grow with the flow. At first, we were like, wow, that's so cute, like, yes. But after that program, I was like, wow, no, this is actually really something I live by. And I was, like, surprised because we thought it was just so silly and so, like, cute. And we are just like, yeah. But it has a lot of, like, meaning to my life. And I think as my life flows and, like, I'm just, like, experiencing new things and coming across new opportunities, I kind of evaluate where I'm at and what my goals like I'm always changing my goals like they're mm-hmm. not the same area in the same general zone but the specificities I guess with those goals are always changing and I think that's important to accept and for me at least it's important for me to accept and to kind of just go with it and grow with it and I think if these new opportunities that arise are something that align with those goals, I just go for it. Because there's no point in, for me at least, there's no point in thinking, oh, but this, but that, but this, but that. Yes, a short pro and cons thing will always go through my head. Like, I'm like, well, if I did this, like, I might lose out on this. But if I did this, you know, like, I do that a little. There's no point in, like, sitting in that for days and days and what goes into weeks and then you're just so unsure if you should do it or not and I think at that point when that uncertainty like manifests and like really takes over your brain you're just like it's kind of game over like you don't even fully commit to it if you do do it and I think learning that now I'm just at this point where if I'm interested in it and I know it aligns with my current goals and what I see to be good for me and good for my soul that I'm gonna just go for it and Mm. that's just how I currently navigate I know not everyone is just like built that way and like I think even in my own background and like my family and everything there's always voices in the back of my head saying like no that's not the right answer don't do it there's always that even my family members at this point kind of know that I don't really care what they say (laughs) as hard as that sounds and like as tough as it sounds in their heads. I think they think I'm a rebel and like I'm such this like rebellious nature that like doesn't want to listen to anything. But I kind of embraced it and they know that now and they're just trying to support me. Keyword is trying to support me in what I'm doing. I feel it too. Right? And I feel like most people in our generation feel that. Mm -hmm. Our families want us to do something very concrete and very like, this is going to be successful. This is going to be how you build a family in the future, how you're going to live and how you're going to be successful, whatever. But they don't understand. They they really don't understand 
what it's like to grow up in this day and age, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mass amounts of like social media and pressure and that kind of thing. On top of like how the previous generations were raised and how they have that influence on us. It's just like a whole jumble of like mess that they don't really get because they're not us. And um, mm-hmm. that will always be a thing in the back of my head. But honestly, I don't give an F, I guess. <laughs> I do care about their feelings, of course, but in a way, I just kind of try to embrace that attitude towards my own life because I don't want to just only make them happy. Like, I want both parties to be happy, especially. There's no point if I don't feel happy, right? A lot of times, people are afraid of disappointing their parents, even, like, themselves, too, you know, because it's really hard to go after something and you fail. And so it's like, oh, it's easier to not go after that and put myself out there like I'd rather take this route where it's very like clean cut and you do what you have to do and then that's it you know it's hard to do the opposite and go after what it is you want like whatever your dreams are despite what everyone else around you thinks I still struggle with it too you know like whatever I feel is best for me there's still that voice in my head here and there to you know play like devil's advocate like when you said about like being the rebel of the family like <laughs> low-key like my parents they'll give me like their two cent about like how they feel but at the end of the day like they know that I'm going to make the decision that I feel is like what's best for me and I think keyword trying like we're both trying to just listen to each other and not just shut each other out and just be like well it's my way. It's my life. Cause you know, at the end of the day, they still want what is best for me. And they're just trying to look out for me too. So I felt that like for sure. It goes down to like family dynamics as well. Like some people's families are super prominent in their lives. And like, it's to the point where you really want them to feel proud of you and want them to feel happy too. And it's always going to be different for everybody. I think because I am more of like a lone soul type of thing even within my family like it's always been me and my mom but now she lives in Taiwan so I'm kind of like literally kind of on my own here Mm. (laughs) I can embrace that nature even more more so so that does allow me to do these kinds of things and I also want people to realize that in my background because um, you know not everyone is able to do this the way I do it like obviously it's just because of the way my background is structured that I can Mm -hmm. you mentioned earlier just this idea of success your family they have these ideas like in their head of what success is like when you previously said like how to raise a family and like what kind of job and stuff like that so do you want to kind of share what success was before you graduated just like when you were younger and how that has kind of evolved to what your idea is of success now? I think I kind of previously mentioned it a little bit where I was in UCR studying business management to be specific. I think in that setting, especially your definition of success is very based on numbers and very based on finances. And that's just the nature of being in that business world, right? Because Business is just like monetary, you know? Yeah. Actually, the main difference from then till now 
is that before I thought of success as very concrete, it's mathematical. There's step A to step B, step C, and then you're there. Like there's a line you cross, the amount of money you make, the amount, uh, the type of job you have, and then boom, you're successful. Now, whew, it is so completely opposite. <laughs> I always go through phases where they do have to kind of correlate because we live in America and no matter what, you do have to think about your finances, no matter what. But I try not to let that define fully like success for me. And now it's more so pursuing what I genuinely love, genuinely am passionate about and being happy in how I support and live my day-to-day life. I think that for me is success now. And it took a long time, like many years, to feel like I was worthy of that kind of success rather than trying to think about numbers. And yeah, so it's not measured in how much you make a year for me. Yeah. It's not measured in numbers, period. So now is like a, a point of reevaluation where I look back and look at where I'm at now. And if I think I'm happy now, that's success. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't happy before. Like I could try to convince myself I was happy, but I really wasn't. I wasn't doing something I was interested in. And I think even my family knew that. They know now for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Either way, I'm trying to finish my degree and everything because mm-hmm. it would realistically be a waste if I didn't. I guess that is the main difference in how I define success then till now. And I, I think that's the biggest change I've ever experienced in my life in that perspective, mentality, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, crazy that shift in your mind really kind of ripples outside of like in all aspects of your life, not just in your career, you know, like once you make that switch in your head, that change, like it also affects how you show up in your relationships, in your friendships, and also just your relationship with yourself too, you know, like you're not that like, oh, like I'm only getting paid this much for this job. Like I must not be worthy of being happy or like loving myself or other things like that. And I think that once you realize this, that, I mean, you know, like, again, you said we live in a capitalistic world and so you still have to make some money in order to survive. But at the end of the day, what life is about, it goes way past the amount of money you have in your bank account. You know, it's all about how you show up for yourself and for the world around you. 100% and it's like before I used to think that was so cheesy and so corny and it's like it's plastered everywhere find your happiness you know there's no key to success or like money doesn't make you happy whatever like I was like man cheesy but it's really true like you said about the whole rippling effect couldn't agree more my relationship with my family my relationship with my friends oh my gosh I feel like my friendship just in my friendship circle like I used to not give so much love to them I don't know if it's just because I was shy or extra, you know, introverted or whatever, but now I feel like I'm more connected to them and I'm just more at ease. Cause I think before I was just like, there's like this underlying like hate in my heart for myself and that kind of deflected onto them and like unintentionally, of course. And it's not like I treated them badly. It was just like, I wasn't as welcoming towards them and I didn't want to receive that love or give that love. Now I feel like even there, my circle is closer and with my partner, of course, as well. And just everything got better. It does start with from within. And I love that you said that because it's so true. (laughs) (laughs) Once you start realizing that there's 
an abundance out there. Like I felt the same way too. Like sometimes when I would see people like be successful in their own ways, I go inward and I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Why don't I have that? Now I'm realizing like they can have that and I can have it too. Like there's a lot to go around for everybody. And just because that person does have it doesn't mean that like I have to be sour about it because I can't get it too, you know? And it shows up in your relationships too, because now your circle can just be like uplifting each other and just empowering each other because it's not like a pie where it's like one person takes that pie and that's it. You know, like everyone has their own pie and everyone is just like <laughs> eating, like making their own pie. Everyone has their own pie. Yes. <laughs> a competition, but I think we grow up thinking that it has to be a competition because we're always placed against our peers, always placed against our friends, our parents, mm -hmm. all that. Uh, but the you know, world is so freaking big. There's a lot of room for success for mm -hmm. everybody until you realize that you're just going to have so much hate in your heart for yourself and for other people. We're always pitted against each other. It's not just us making it up. It really is. And I think we do have a harder time to get over that kind of obstacle or mindset or whatever to kind of mm. there's room for everybody so grow with the flow and everyone has their own pie i love that <laughs> now that we've conversed about just your journey so far when we met in riverside up to today like is there like an advice that you would give yourself at that point that you feel like you know other people would benefit from hearing especially our listeners who might be about to graduate or entering their fourth year of college or just recently graduated? The main piece of advice I would give to myself would be to embrace my identity more. Embrace who you are and what you like. And, and I think being confident in that, I wasn't. And I feel like I, it's still a struggle with confidence, but I feel like I could have, again, this is like not saying that I have regrets because I don't, but it would have been so cool to see if I were to embrace that confidence even more, I guess embrace that earlier, it would have been cool to see what I would be capable of doing at that time as well. Loving more, that would be really good <laughs> because I really didn't and I didn't even love myself really and standing stronger in my beliefs, all of that. And that would be the main piece of advice and not really caring about what other people mm -hmm. have, other people's opinions are of you because mm. they don't matter it's easier said than done <laughs> yeah it is what's going on for you right now like are there specific things that you're currently working on and just how is that going for you to simplify it all I I dance a lot I don't teach right now as much. I just did that one program but that's really it I'm not focusing on sharing or passing on knowledge because I'm trying to really focus on reevaluate my life and my training and my dancing and everything. So I'm mostly just exploring and freestyling and challenging myself to push my boundaries within dance. I paint a lot on the side when I can, if I have permissions or just for fun, just to kind of release some stress. And then I, of course, make jewelry on the side as well. And I think that is more so where finances do come in for me, like I do need to focus on having my side business to support what I really love doing. I do love making jewelry, but 
something that's a little more concrete, but it's still not really stable. (laughs) (laughs) Three main things I'm kind of doing and being hands-on with. It's going really well. I think I have big plans for my jewelry site and painting is always going to be something I love doing and love sharing with and kind of pouring my heart into. But it's not something I'm trying to take super seriously. Like it's not, for me, it's not a career choice. It's just something I love doing and exploring my freedom in. In the past three months, I've been going through this intensive training program under someone I have looked up to for so long. Like die hard number one inspo. That in itself has been so draining physically because she is so intense. And in, in both great and bad ways on my part, like it's just like so hard to get through sometimes. And I think it's put me through a lot of like, yeah, reevaluation. I'm like, man, I need to take steps back and I need to understand myself and my movement. And I think that's the most chaotic, like I'm going through it for that area of my life. But I mean, still, I'm like I said, I'm peaceful. Like, I think it's great. I think it's something that's very needed and something that's aligning with quarantine. And I'm just able to take that step back. What's next for you now that we've covered the past and the present? What's the future like? Are there like certain things or areas in particular that you'd like to grow in? You know, like I said, my goals are always changing. But a big goal I have with Electromay, which is the name of my little business, is for it to grow into a jewelry marketplace, online jewelry marketplace where BIPOC can contribute their pieces of art and sell it and have a platform to just show what they can make and if mm. they, they can buy it there and it can just be a place for creating. I just want to uplift, uplift people, uplift artists and give them space to show their creations. I think with dance, well I'll, I'll start with I guess with art, that in itself is always going to be just how I feel in, in the moment and I don't know where that's going to go, but I really don't care where it's going to go. It's just something that I'm just living and doing, and that's its own little thing. Like, its own little flow, and I'm just, like, riding it. <laughs> but within dance, I think, I honestly have crazy new goals with dance. I'm going into places where, I mean, I don't want to put it into the universe too much yet, but, like, I'm going into places where I've never really explored much of. And it sounds crazy because I've been dancing for a while now, but... I think there's not really a set thing besides I want to go back to Shanghai. I think that's definitely where I want to be for the next couple of years or so. But in terms of what I'm doing with dance, if it's not teaching in Shanghai, I really just want to be pushing myself to do learn new skills, learn new styles, and put as much as I can into it. When I had other distractions or jobs or whatever, it wasn't easy to put that 100% in. But now that I'm fully going in and making dance kind of like my main thing, I can. And I think it's time for me to really push, really, really push. Like, I feel like I was pushing already, but pushing even more (laughs) to get my body to do really whatever I wanted to do at some point. I want to get my movement to the point where if I can envision it in my head and see that little dancer go in, I can physically do it and make it come to and for it to be on par with my my own standards, you know, like, and for me to be proud of what I can do. 
Yay! Oh, that awesome. I'm so exciting. Like, just like hearing you say it, just it sounds like you're just like super like committed, you know? Like, I, this is what I want and I know what I want and I like, I'm ready to like go after it, you know? And that, that is so, that's so amazing to hear. Like, I thrive off of that because, you know, it's just like, when you can see it in other people, then like that's how you know you can see it within yourself too. I never really talk about this kind of stuff either. I think sometimes I'll talk about it with uh, my boyfriend, but other than that, I don't really like vocalize or verbalize like any of these thoughts. Usually I kind of either write them down or kind of just, you know, they're just in my head. Talking about it, I'm like, dang, like it's been such a big shift in my life for sure. And I didn't really realize that until I guess now, like, I'm just like, wow, I'm a little like taken back because things are really always changing within us and you don't really realize it sometimes. It's cool to see. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for spending this time with us and sharing us your journey and just, you know, um, passing on any knowledge that is on there for our listeners to learn from um is there anything that you want to like last say before we close off this episode not really just kind of thank you um for having me because like i said i don't really get many opportunities to talk about my journey yeah this has been super fun and yeah i can't believe i talked this much like (laughs) Like, I usually do not, and I surprised myself today, honestly, and that's another acknowledgement, another celebration. (laughs) How can our listeners follow more of your journey past this episode? I don't really have many active socials besides Instagram, I guess. So, Instagram.com slash, (laughs) I'm just kidding, at Jesu underscore. I have my website, electromay.com, E-L-E-C-T-R-A-M-E-I dot C-O-M. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again. And thank you for all of our listeners to tuning in with this week's episode. <laughs> hey there, postgrads. Thanks for tuning in this week's Dear Postgrad episode with our featured guest, Jay Sue who shared her journey and knowledge with us as an artist slash dancer. She has been a good friend of mine ever since her college days, so it is really nice to catch up and see how she's doing. As always, we like to share a challenge with you at the end of each episode. For this week's challenge, we invite you to journal about your biggest and wildest dreams. Allow yourself to let go of those limiting beliefs you may have and dream big. We'd love to hear about your discoveries so share with us on our Instagram page at Getting Grounded Community and or this episode's blog post at www.gettinggroundedcommunity.org. At the end of the day, what matters most are the answers that you create. See you all next week. Bye.